Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope everyone's having a good time, having a good day. Uh, missed you guys. It's been a few months since our last podcast, but, you know, we've been busy up to things, just training at the gym and uh, our CESA, uh, Carolina Elite Soccer Academy training has been going well, uh, but that's been keeping us pretty busy, been focused on that a lot, and, uh, but yeah, it's time to get back to this and, and uh, get you guys some information, things to help you out, be a better coach, be a better trainer, build your business up, um, all of the things that, that we like to talk about here on Coaching the Coach. Anyhow, my uh, thought today was I wanted to kind of go over people's motivation and not just like how you stay motivation but but the why why you do what you do and how to reinvigorate that in times when you're not feeling it and that's definitely coming from a personal uh, side of things uh, you know over the last year uh, or this year 2022 um, I have recommitted myself to strength training um, less Olympic lifting and just more um, pure strength, uh, just trying to get as strong as possible. Still doing Olympic lifts, but just not near the amount that I was doing. And not that I am done with weightlifting, um, quite the opposite. I think, I think I just want to take some time to get stronger. Uh, I'm a much heavier person than I was when I competed. So, you know, basically just trying to get as strong as I can at this heavier body weight. That being said, I've re-looked at some of my old programs. Um, I've looked at other things, uh, looked at, you know, gone through all of the stuff that I've written down over the last, I don't know, 10 plus years or longer really, and started to kind of like pick out all the things that worked the best for me. So not, not trying to like pick out the best things and say, this is the program everyone should do, but what worked for me? And what was I feeling at those times? And I, and I started to, to think about a lot of different things. So, you know, it was obviously good information for me to help write my new program that I'm doing, but also it got the wheels really turning in terms of programming again, which as you guys have probably heard me say a million times, programming is my favorite part of the job. I love interacting with people and talking with people and, and coaching them through the lift, of course, but I also really love sitting down and writing out the program and then taking how people have performed and putting that back into you know what we're doing and making the adjustments and going on from there. I, that's That's... You know, solving puzzles daily, and, and it's it's something I really enjoy. Well, I've noticed, uh, you know, Chelsea and I were talking a lot about how a lot of clients, not a, not all of our clients, but there's a few clients, uh, uh, we'll say enough clients between the two of us, that are due to their work schedules or commitment levels or whatever, uh, have been inconsistent over the last few months, and it's it, you know, we put our heads together to try to figure out, okay, how can we get them back on track? Or do we live with their inconsistency and just try to adjust the workouts to fit? Um, which had kind of been 
the approach we were taking, but knowing that that really wasn't the right approach that we really wanted. The, the goal was to get them reinvigorated to come back into the gym. And so that's what started us kind of going through all of our old stuff to kind of figure things out. I was looking at old programs that maybe I could use for other clients or, or adapt. And then, you know, again, writing my own program. And a couple things came out that really, really uh, stuck out to me. And this is what I wanted to share with you guys today uh, when it comes to not just breaking through a rut, but but helping people stay motivated in their workouts. And, and maybe even you stay motivated in your workout. So one of the things that we've talked about a lot is journaling, um, writing down what you do. This is nothing new. This is nothing earth shattering. But here's a perfect example of how it works. Rather than just have a reference to say, what was I doing this time last year? And you can look back and say, oh, I was doing, you know, my one rep max was 400. Now it's, you know, 415 or something. Okay, I've made progress. That's great. You can check on that. Or I was doing more this time last year than I am now. Then you can look back and figure out why. Where are the holes in your training? And maybe you already know that, but sometimes it's good to go back and look at what you were doing. That's the, that's the kind of obvious part. The other part that you can do with your journal, and this is something, uh, I'll give a couple examples, uh, that I had always liked to do just because I saw it and I can't remember. I honestly want to say it was in a, um, in a book called, uh, I think it's called My Utmost for His Highest. It's a Bible study guide uh, where you know it takes certain daily passages, daily devotions, and then there's like a little page where you can write out your feelings or questions or notes or whatever, you know, kind of off to the side of it. So whenever I would do my workouts and I'm writing that, I would also make notes uh, of how it felt. You know, rather than just say, you know, I did three sets of five at 80% and, you know, I hit all my reps. Okay, that's great. Uh, I could use the RPE scale to maybe get a little bit more accurate depiction of how hard that was for me that day. Um, there's lots of ways you can do that. You could also just literally write out first two sets were easy. I struggled you know, greatly on the last set or whatever. And you can kind of get a, a gauge of what you felt at that time. So maybe you hit the weights, but they were hard or you, know, you didn't feel it that day. And you get a narrative of, of what it is that you were trying to do. And that helps too, because then you, you can kind of get into your own headspace of not just what your program was, you know, in, in the X's and O's, but what you were thinking while you're doing it, how you approached it. And did that program give you success? And if it did, reading some of the narrative or some of the, you know, notes that you wrote associated with the sets and reps gives you a little bit more insight as to how you worked through that program. And again, going back one year, maybe even two years, probably not that hard if you're consistent with it already. But when I go back and look at things I did in 2010 or 11, shoot, I don't even remember what my regular routine was, or I wouldn't have had I not written down. Fortunately, I did. Um, the other thing that I think was is really cool, and this is something uh, Chelsea and I just saw recently, um, she had shown it to me before I had known about this, um, and she's done it with some of her clients, but it's been a while, but we, we came across it again. Uh, when she ran track at, at Florida State, 
and cross country, uh, they would have pre-meet like um, forms to fill out, kind of like a, a goal-setting form. So it would say like, what do you think is a, a, a an achievable time? Like based on your training that you've done this week or this last couple weeks, where do you think you're going to be? Where would you like to be? And what would be a number that would be just completely unacceptable? You know, like, you know, what would what would indicate you had a bad race, right? So we were looking at one of her um, steeple chases, and you know, or I think it was a steeple chase. I, I honestly can't remember now, but it, you know, her goal was like ten twenty, something like that. Her goal was sub ten twenty. A ten twenty would be about what she thinks she could do, and then anything slower than like a ten thirty would be considered an off race or something like that but then then you would have um what are what are some key things you need to work on this week leading into that race and then also you know some some thoughts about just overall training and you know what are you going to do resting wise what are you going to do nutrition wise and recovery wise this week so it gets the the athlete in her case used to planning ahead and making sure that they're not you know, uh, either setting unrealistic goals, but also understanding cognitively and effectively that this is what we think we can do and this is how I'm going to get there. Now I just got to go carry that out. And it kind of, it chunks out the season into one week increments or two week increments. And that, that makes it a lot easier, a lot less stressful for the athlete rather than to think one bad race is going to ruin the whole season. Um, but it was also a great way for um, Chelsea and, and her other teammates to go back and look at some of that. So when Chelsea goes and does some programming for runners, she employs this strategy as well. And, you know, not everyone loves doing it. It takes a little bit of time uh, to sit down and reflect. But Chelsea does it a lot when she goes out and runs because it's good for her to know how she felt. Okay, maybe she hit the particular time she wanted, but she didn't walk for two days afterwards or she felt terrible for you know several days after or you know it was really hard to hit the training goals um, based on what she had laid out for herself to do that week and so she can go back and see exactly what she did not just the on the track or on the road miles or or meters but the actual like what she felt and what she felt she needed to work on this week like work on you know, keeping the core tight uh, or work on kicking at the end. Those certain things, those little details were all journaled down. But it was really neat to look back through because then we, we can run those questions through our head about our particular client. So for example, I have a client that's been coming to me for four years. And uh, last year he had a lot of just personal things going on. Uh, buying a house, getting a promotion in his job, all positive stuff, but it was just very overwhelming and he chose to take a, a couple months off of training. So when he came back, uh, fitness had pretty much, not regressed completely, but had fallen off, right? Uh, especially in the nutrition part of things. So we eased back into the to the exercise but then his schedule started getting a little crazy again and instead of coming in two to three times a week it was one maybe two times at most 
uh, and there would be some weeks where it wasn't at all just because of his schedule. And so rather than just throw some crazy hard workouts when he was there, I didn't really want to do that, but I also didn't want to do anything too scheduled or planned because if I did something that was based off of a percentage and then it didn't come in for two weeks, you know, th these percentages aren't going to be super accurate. and It's not going to be as detailed or accurate, I should say, as it should be. So using RPE scales was a lot better. I, I, this is kind of how hard I want it to feel. This is how we could gauge the weight to use. And that seemed to help. But I still was feeling like, what can I do to get back on track? And so we started using some of these tactics, like say, okay, so let's kind of reset our goal, right? And that's easy enough. We've, we've known you can kind of look at your your smart goals, the, the specific measurable, uh, you know, attainable goals. And we can ask the client, okay, what, do you, what are you going to do this week to help this goal? What are you going to do here? And so what, what this client and I discussed was, you know, meal planning and curtailing liquor, or beer in this case, uh, was, was a, an issue. And so going to a non-alcoholic beer, so the habit of having the beer, being social with friends uh, at, at the end of the night, which was his favorite thing, we just switched over to non-alcoholic beer and we started meal prepping. Well, the meal prepping just wasn't working because that was taking too much time. He didn't necessarily enjoy the cooking part of it all. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was just like not really uh, what he wanted. And um, so what we, what we ended up doing or what he ended up doing was finding uh, a pre-packaged uh, meal that worked for him and he tried several of them out and he found one that he liked that was cost effective and that's been his his go-to for for lunches especially and in some dinners but it's it was finding you know putting some onus back on him okay your schedule's crazy you know sometimes you can't control that but what we can control here here are the things that we can control and let's get back on track and be a hundred percent or as close to that on those as we can but all of that goes back into then the actual programming of the workouts because I want to get back to writing a program that is going to get him and all of my clients and myself to the goals they want so sometimes it takes a little bit of a reset just to get them back on track to get things to where they are coming in enough times a week to you know, make a difference uh, being consistent because consistency is number one factor right we, we have to be consistent so when we're doing things like that um, or when we're looking at some of these questions that we're asking them it helps them refocus and reset and then that means we can then go back to our programming and see what works best. Uh, now, I could go on for days about what's the best program and what to do. You know, it's different for every client. And I'm going to leave that for the next podcast where I talk a little bit about how I go about changing my programs uh, for people uh, from person to person and from, you know, phase to phase. Uh, just some basic ideas there to give you guys some idea um, about how I set out uh, to program. That being said, uh, thing I want to leave you with here is 
really just, as I've mentioned before, if you take a step back, self-reflect, look back at some of the things you've done, what worked, what didn't work. So one quick example, and then then, uh, we'll wrap it up today. I, um, I was looking back at what what I did, like my all-time strength levels. Like I kind of PR'd on most every lift. Oh, maybe around 2013-14 era. That those years. So eight, nine years ago was kind of my where I was at the peak strength I'd, I had been in my life. Then through not major injuries, but you know, you've heard me talk about my shoulder and uh, banged up my knee a little bit and, and, and uh, you know, had some issues that slowed me down. And then I was in such a hurry to get back to where I was, I was doing the programs that I ran when I was at my peak strength as opposed to running the programs to build me back up to that strength. So again, that's what I had set out to search for, the programs that I was using when I ramped up for my peak strength. And, and uh, you know, one of the funny things was I had gotten into powerlifting before I got into weightlifting. And I was never a good powerlifter, uh, good in the sense of competitive, right? But I used powerlifting as a way to keep me motivated to keep lifting. So I would sign up for a meet, and A, once I paid for it and signed up, it kept me focused on something, but also I didn't want to show up and be laughed out of the gym. Not that I would have been, the powerlifting community is not like that, I know that, but you know, I wanted to put on as good a showing as I thought I could. Um, so it kept me focused to prepare the best I could. Now, I never won any powerlifting meets. Um, uh, so I, you know, I was not an accomplished powerlifter, but in doing so I had, uh, I was working at the time with, uh, uh, some athletes and I was having them do some power cleans. Um, and one of them asked me how to snatch. Now I knew how to do it, but I had not competed in weightlifting at this point. So I, I did a lot of power cleans, but I had not really done a whole lot of snatching and so you know I was demonstrating the form and um, had some weight on the bar and threw it up overhead and I'm like I was somewhat surprised (laughs) at how much I could put overhead because I'd never never come close to doing that amount of weight but I wasn't even sure uh, you know that I'd ever really tried but it just seemed like oh I could do more than I thought I could do that was kind of fun and that's really what got me the bug to get into weightlifting. But I had been seeing progress, strength progress, just overall strength progress. And so all I did for weightlifting programming was just work on the snatch and work on the clean and jerk. I didn't do any variations. I just did those two full lifts twice a week. I'd spend one day doing... Uh, working up to heavy singles and the clean and jerk and then doing some you know light snatching and then the other day would be working up to a heavy snatch and some light clean and jerks Tuesdays and Thursdays Monday Wednesday Friday I was doing more or less a powerlifting split but I was doing an undulating program where I was having some days heavy squat days 
you know, light bench and medium deadlift variations and then altering that each day. Um, and that, that worked, that was working. And so leading into my first weightlifting meet, that's, that's what I did. Um, very little actual weightlifting specific practice. Well, once I had more fun with that and more fun than powerlifting, I thought, okay, I'm going to switch over and just dive headfirst into weightlifting. And I did and, you know, got the USAW certification and, uh, you know, went, went way deep into it. Uh, so far, so much that I, uh, you know, when I was at Ottawa University, started a weightlifting team there and got to meet all the big wigs in USAW and all these coaches. It was great. It was a fun journey. But all along, I was doing very, very, very specific weightlifting stuff. And I was getting better at it, obviously. Um, and I got away from, you know, some of the programs I was doing that got me to my peak overall strength. Well, now... It's not that, again, I don't want to compete in weightlifting again, but I feel like I've leveled up my my size and, and strength. I'm probably as strong, if not stronger now than, than some of those times, but I'm 30 pounds heavier. So I should be stronger, right? Um, so now trying to maximize this. Going back and finding those old programs, it was funny to see how little actual weightlifting I did leading into my first couple weightlifting meets, which I never, uh, at the time, didn't even think about. Um, it wasn't until after that, after those meets, I started really getting more nuanced in the weightlifting specific training. So anyways, I say all that to say, I look at that program I did, and I'm not doing the exact same one but I'm following the main lifts of the day pretty similarly to what I used to do. And um, in the last two or three months, and my strength gains have gone up and up and up again. And so not to say that what I had been doing the last few years wasn't working, but it's good to revisit and it's good to look at my notes and see how I was feeling and get back in the headspace of when I was at my best. Because sometimes we see people say, well, what, what is, you know, what's your goal? And you go, well, I know I'll never be as strong as I was when I was 20. Well, why not? Now, I know what they mean. They're, they're older. They're, you know, they haven't been doing it. So probably going to take longer and may not even be able to do it again. Well, this is proving, or at least proving in my case, that, you know, of course you can. Now, one of the things that I've made, one of the biggest things I've done to switch things up is back then, as I was just like most people when you get into, you know, lifting, you know, for, for performance, doing heavy singles is all you really want to do, right? You know, you're having a bad day, ah, oh, just work up to a heavy single or a few heavy singles. And that's, that yeah, can take an hour and a half and or more and you, you, that's it. That's the only lift you do and you walk away, yeah, and you felt good, you felt, you know, worn out, but that may or may not be the best approach. And, and as I've aged, one of the things I've noticed is that even though I still like to do that, I don't respond the same way. So doing triples, I still want to lift heavy, as heavy as I can. I like that. But cutting back to triples, sometimes, uh, you know, hitting sets of two, uh, that has given me way more benefit as well as I'm only lifting uh, three times a week. Now, the three times a week has been 
something I've been playing around with for a little while now because I was doing more, oh, the, the thought was I was hitting lifts like five days a week and just not, you know, kind of maintaining, feeling tired by the end of the week. So I was changing the order of my workouts, um, you know, putting heavier days at the beginning, you know, uh, th- you know, just kind of switching around, but that wasn't working. I, you know, I was maintaining, but I wasn't progressing. So I wanted to go back to this undulating, you know, where I kind of varied the resistance. But then what I realized was when I did that, before I started adding in the weightlifting stuff, those days where I was lifting three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I started doing that, and this was back at the beginning of 2022. And lo and behold, my body felt good, I felt recovered, and the numbers started going up. I started looking better, everything was moving in the right direction. But I felt so good that I'm like, oh, now I gotta add more. So I kept on that program, but then I added more Olympic stuff into the middle, you know, the Tuesdays, Thursdays, or some kettlebell work. And uh, then for a while there, I was doing more sprint and running training uh, on those middays and everything just stagnated. In fact, some of the upper body lifts kind of went down a little bit through the mid part of 2022. And, you know, when you're looking at a program and you know better, you're like, okay, this, I have reached that point, even though my body feels good and I feel, you know, spry and limber and, you know, everything feels good. can't always feel how quickly you recover. I mean, there's telltale signs, you know, you can use your, your whoop and, you know, those kind of metrics, but sometimes, you know, you get up and you feel good, but the the weights, you know, you're just doing too much. You haven't fueled yourself right, or you haven't slept enough, uh, or both. And even if you wake up not sore or not hurting, uh, you don't have the energy levels. And it's just, it's a slower process as we age. And that's all stuff I know. And that's all stuff I teach my clients. But when I was feeling good and making progress, I was so eager to keep going that I kept going, uh, doing more. Well, the last, let's say, probably eight weeks, I have gone back to just three days a week and been, been very consistent there. And again, boom, as soon as I did that, Lo and behold, boom, numbers started to go up again. Um, you know, really focusing on getting better sleep, which also helps. Uh, but all of these things are things you know, but sometimes, you know, you get so routine, you get so used to doing something, uh, and then even you as the trainer or the coach, your brain gets a little muddled because you're, you're, you think, man, I should know better. I'm a trainer. I should be able to figure this out. I got to do this or I got to move the order. Well, sometimes it's, you know, just taking a look back at what you've done. What were you doing when you had the most results, the best results? And it was lifting heavy for me, for me, lifting heavy three times a week. And, and doing some other little walking and or light jogging, you know, around the way yoga on some of the off days. And as much as I want to lift every day and throw the weight around every day, I'm just loving the progress I've made over the last two months. Um, and I'm, I'm at, at or above peak strength levels. The only, the only lift I'm not maxing out on right now 
or lifetime maxing out is squats. Squats are a little little under, but not far, uh, and they're and they're going up. So they're heading in the right direction. So again, I say all that to say, and I went on a whole ten minutes there that I didn't plan on. Um, I say that to say. When you go back, if you take good notes and you look at what you've done in the past and you and you and you make not just record the workout, but record how you felt, even if it's just a, a quick sentence about how you feel at the end of the workout, can really be beneficial uh, when you get into plateaus or when you get into plateaus with your clients. So again, you should be writing down things for your clients. Um, I no different than any other trainer. There's days where. I don't write down what I did with my client. I'm like, oh, I'll remember that, and then I forget. Or I write it down, um, and then you know, forget to save the file. Or you know, there's you make mistakes, things like that. But having a system on how you record workouts uh, is really the only way you're going to make true progress with yourself or with your clients. All right, hope you enjoyed that, and we will uh, catch you up on the next one.